Thanks to Headspace for supporting the Apple Bits XL. With nearly 60 million downloads, the Headspace app is the most science-backed mindfulness app in the world, proving that mindfulness really works. A study shows that just two weeks of Headspace can reduce your stress by 14%. However you're feeling, try Headspace at headspace.com slash applebits and get one month free of their entire mindfulness library. And also, thanks to ZocDoc for supporting the Apple Bits XL. With ZocDoc, you can search for local doctors who accept your insurance, read verified patient reviews, and book an appointment in person or video chat. Go to ZocDoc.com slash AppleBits and download the ZocDoc app to sign up for free and book a top-rated doctor. All right, everybody, let's get to the show! What's up, everybody? Welcome to the show. It's the AppleBits XL. Brian Tong here, your host, doing the most for everything good and bad inside the world of Apple. Welcome, everyone. Welcome it is episode 202. Thank you so much for sticking with us. And if you're new, hey, you came in the right place. If you want to kind of hear all the biggest news of the week from Apple and around kind of the greater tech world as a whole and how it relates to them, you are at the spot. That's why the show is called Apple Bits XL, like extra long, like extended. So, you know, I have my YouTube channel and then I have this podcast and they kind of complement each other hand in hand. Now, we also want you all to be a part of this show. All you got to do is call in, record a voice memo, send it into applebitsshow at gmail.com. That's applebits with a Z. And if you have a good you know, comment or question or something, we're going to put it in the show. If you want to get personal, maybe I'll answer a personal one. But applebitsshow at gmail.com, that's all you got to do. Send in, record the, record the voice memo on your phone, on your laptop, on your computer, Windows, Android, BlackBerry iOS, whatever you want, you got all the choices you have. Also, this show is brought to you by you. Patreon.com slash Brian Tong is how you support this show and all of its content. It starts at $2 per month, $5, which is like a cup of coffee. There's the 10, the 25, and the $100 platinum Apple level. But what do you get? You get early access to content. You get rewards at different levels and a completely, completely ad-free version of the show. So check it out at how it supports all my content here at the podcast, also my video content, and uh, you all have continued to keep me going, and I thank you, thank you so much for that. So patreon.com slash Tong is how you do it. Okay, let's just jump in the stories here, and you know, we're expecting an event to come up. There were reports last week that, hey, there should be some sort of an Apple event in March or April. Last year's first Apple spring event was in April, I believe it was April 20th of 2021. We don't know if it's going to happen early or not, but we do know something is absolutely coming because recently Apple filed unreleased iPhone and iPad models in the Eurasian Economic Commission database, and it was spotted by French blog Consumac. And why this is important is You kind of hear this every time there's rumblings around products. Oh, Apple just filed some new model numbers and it identifies the operating system so you can kind of piece it together. And based on the model numbers, you can look at previous ones to see, okay, what they're related to. The reason why Apple has to always do this is because as part of the Eurasian Economic Commission, it foreshadows some of Apple's new products because these filings are legally required for any devices that offer encryption that are sold in Russia and some select other countries. So no matter what Apple tries to do, we're going to have a pretty good idea 
of what is coming. And what did it reveal? Well, obviously, the rumor we talked about last week was the new iPhone SE fifth, sorry, third generation. I almost said fifth, but I meant with 5G, third generation phone, same body, 4.7 inch design, but the internal is most likely an A15 Bionic chip inside and 5G connectivity. But otherwise, it's just, you know, the next generation improved iPhone SE. There were three iPhone models that have been unreleased and do not currently exist as a current Apple product. They were A2595, A2783, and A2784. We also, though, had unreleased iPad models and a total of nine of them. I'm not going to read the part numbers out. There's That's a whole bunch, but what that could be leaning into and indicate more is that these are related based on their part numbers to the fifth generation iPad Air. Now, last year I said the iPad Air was absolutely the first iPad and the iPad that most people should look at and will probably, that is the iPad if they're looking for a new one or even if they're looking to upgrade, that is like the ultimate sweet spot for an iPad for the general consumer, the tech enthusiasts, the student, just everyone across the board. So we're also expecting to see a fifth generation iPad Air coming sometime in this spring and new features it would adopt would be maybe some of the stuff that we saw with the sixth generation iPad mini, that purple one, or at least, you know, it was released in one of the purple colors that came out last year that I loved, but it doesn't fit into how I do things, but I still absolutely loved. So we're talking about, again, an A15 Bionic chip. An improvement on the camera for this fifth gen iPad Air would be a 12 megapixel ultra wide front camera with also the center stage support. That's where if you put it somewhere and you're on a a video call, whether it's FaceTime or Zoom or other platforms, it tracks you and moves with you because it has that ultra wide uh, camera and then it follows you with the software. That will be part of the new iPad Air for this year in 2022. Also 5G for cellular models and then an improved quad LED true tone flash. Now, those are actually some really good improvements. And I, you know, if you're someone who has always been a casual user, um, a general user of the iPad, I think the fifth gen iPad Air is killer. It supports the latest Apple Pencil 2. There are no reports that they're going to be bringing in a new Apple Pencil. It has a keyboard case cover as well. So you're going to really be able to do everything with these. And if you bought an iPad Air last year, you do not need to look at this in any way shape or form. Now I do need to bounce back because I talked about kind of some of the events. Um, If we're going to jump back to the iPhone SE specifically that is expected to come out this year, display analyst Ross Young, who's been pretty much one of the sources that is right on the money and is plugged in very well. He says that the iPhone SE that has been reportedly coming will be, will start its final assembly in March. And then based on that, we should expect to see it sometime in April based on the production timeframe and the timelines that are typical of Apple products, not factoring in the supply chain issues, which are getting better. But this iPhone SE, you know, earlier last week, everyone's like, oh, there's an Apple event in March or April. Well, it probably is leaning more into April. And again, last year's event was also in April. So that kind of sets it up. But you know, when you hear just those two products, that that's just not enough for me for an actual Apple event. If you compare it to last year, I believe last year we had AirTags, we had 
24-inch IMAX. We had a new purple iPhone 12 and iPhone 12 mini at the time. We had a new Apple TV 4K. And I believe, I believe we also had the iPad Air. So that's a lot, a lot, a lot of stuff in an April event to kick off the year last year, right? So, okay, right now it looks like we have an iPhone SE. It looks like we have an iPad Air. You know, I've talked about repeated times what other things are kind of on the docket that we still have heard nothing about, but could be could be aligned with that. Well, we had the 24-inch iMac with the M1 chip last year. It would be kind of nice to align the new 27-inch, the redesigned kind of, whether they call it the iMac Pro or not, but the larger screen iMac that has been rumored to also support ProMotion variable refresh rate for 120 hertz. Who knows which chip they'll put inside? Will they put the same M1 Pro and M1 Max chips that we got in the latest MacBook Pros? It If they are Pro products, it seems like that would be the logical idea. Or will they make like a Pro 24 and then a a larger Pro 27 inch somewhere, you know, rumors have said it could be anywhere from 27 inch to 32 inch and potentially also have a mini LED display. So that's something that could happen, but we don't know if it's going to happen. Could we finally see the rumored high-end Mac mini with more ports on the back an M1 Pro again, an M1 Max? Like all Apple really has to do is for some of their products, put in the latest chips and call them Pro and they're good. Nothing like around Apple Watch or anything like that, but you know, that seems like a beefy lineup we're talking about. iPhone SE, uh, iPad Air, new 27-inch iMac, new high-end Mac Mini. I'd also like to see really uh, significant software improvements or new features with the AirTags, whether it's for security or even purely just give us family sharing. So families, moms and dads and partners and significant others can track each other. Or their young ones, clearly just purely through family sharing, which already exists on Apple products. I think that that is something that just needs to happen now. But I also think that there needs to be definitely an increase in, you know, the security and the safety of these because we're starting to hear stories of people putting in uh, an air tag on a car and tracking these people home and then doing stupid things to their homes once they find out where they live. We don't want to see that. No one wants to see that. So I hope that there's something there um, with AirTags as well. All right, let's take a break and give a big thanks to Headspace for supporting the Apple Bits XL. You know, if you ever feel like your mind doesn't have an off switch, which can sometimes be me, or that your tension is constantly traveling through your body, or do you feel tired no matter how much you sleep? Well, that's just a few of the many ways that stress and anxiety and sleeplessness can harm your mind and body. And this year, why not make small changes to your daily routine that have a big influence on your mental health and well-being. Hey, start your year with Headspace. We all say, you know, we're fine when we may not really mean it. And fine, this is not really an emotion. Is it really? No, but how many times have you told yourself you're fine when all you've really felt is anger or sadness or you've got nerves? Well, Headspace is scientifically proven to help you manage your feelings and your mental health. In fact, a recent study proved that in just two weeks, Headspace can reduce your stress by 14%. Whether you want to relieve stress and anxiety, sleep better, or improve your focus, Headspace is your everyday dose of mindfulness for real life. Now, what I like is that it's really simple. It's an app that has a really clean and colorful interface. 
The UI is nice. There's a you can use it whether you're on a desktop or computer or the app to go, but it's not too busy. And I've actually been using it for about a year and I tried a bunch of the different meditations, but my favorite go-to ones are feeling overwhelmed. And then they have these quick like SOS mini meditations. One that I like a lot is called Burned Out. And I needed that because this past tech season, I kid you not, it it really took me out. So I just committed this year to more balanced work and lifestyle in 2022. And I think you can change your life. So I've teamed up with Headspace and hope that it can help you too. So you can experience it for yourself. However, you're feeling try Headspace at headspace.com slash Apple bits and get one month free of their entire mindfulness library. This is the best Headspace offer available. So go to headspace.com slash Apple bits today, headspace.com slash Apple bits. And also we got to give thanks to ZocDoc for supporting the podcast. When you need a doctor, you need a doctor now, not in a few days, not in a few weeks, and you definitely do not need one in a few months. If you need to see an MD ASAP, there's a solution. Just download the free ZocDoc app. It's the easiest way to find a great doctor and instantly book an appointment. With ZocDoc, you can search for local doctors who take your insurance, read verified patient reviews, and book an appointment in person or video chat. You never wait on hold with the receptionist again. Whether you need a primary care physician, dentist, dermatologist, psychiatrist, eye doctor, or other specialist, ZocDoc has you covered. So go to ZocDoc.com slash AppleBits and download the ZocDoc app to sign up for free every month. Millions of people use ZocDoc. You could be one of them and it's the go-to app whenever you need to see a doctor. ZocDoc makes healthcare easy and now is the time to prioritize your health. Go to ZocDoc.com slash AppleBits and download the ZocDoc app to sign up for free and book a top-rated doctor. Many are as available as soon as today. That's Z-O-C-D-O-C.com slash AppleBits. All right, and this is kind of Apple adjacent, but I always I always kind of find this stuff a little silly, but it it like there's breadcrumbs that can make sense, but they don't always make sense. So I don't know if you've been following kind of, you know, there's this really big revival with tech and health and fitness specifically. We've have all these platforms like Peloton, uh Tempo, which I just recently got to, you know, get healthier, and then also there's Tonal and a bunch of other like, you know, kind of physical training. There's obviously Apple Fitness Plus. But, you know, there's a recent report that Peloton, you know, kind of one of the big names and successes of the pandemic because people are staying at home. Well, things have changed now that things are starting to go back to normal. And a report came out. I mean, you know, Peloton said themselves that, you know, they've halted production of its bikes and treadmills. And guess what? People are like, like, that sounds like trouble. But maybe part of it is I do feel like, hey, they they were manufacturing a bunch and then all of a sudden things change and all of a sudden they have to scale back. Who knows? But it never sounds good when a company that's, you know, relies on selling products and subscription services is no longer making those products right now for whatever reason, whether it's demand or they have, you know, clearly there's not enough consumer demand right now. So then someone, someone, uh, you know, it's like, Hey, over at CNBC, they reported not only will they, you know, stop that, but, uh, who who could buy who who might be able to acquire Peloton and the name being floated that started kind of circulating some buzz is Apple now i think that you can apple could be the ideal company to acquire a lot of people if they care yes 
they have the Fitness Plus subscription service. Yes, it's made so that if you have current existing equipment, you can use it with Apple Fitness because all the tracking is done with an Apple Watch. The information was like, you know, playing with this idea, but I have to remind people that clearly may not use a Peloton product in any way, shape, or form. Do you know what the OS is running on Peloton? It's Android. It's completely hooked into Android. So you're telling me that Apple would want to buy a company who no longer has the ability to sell their key product that drives their growth, that runs on a different OS, and Apple would want to completely revamp that OS just because? Like, that just, that actually doesn't make sense to me, right? Um, Apple Fitness Plus, the good thing is that Apple Watch, and why I love my Peloton, integrates with the Peloton. You know, you hold it up to it, you do your workout, it tracks your, your health and your heart rate and your exercise and your, your, sorry, your exercise and your heart rate, and you're good to go. So, you know, I think what's kind of happening here is a company like Peloton is kind of, it almost looks like it's taking a little bit of shape like a company like Fitbit, which had built this platform, right? It was, had an ecosystem, had, had products that were great. And then all of a sudden there was kind of a plateau and they just couldn't sell anymore. And the user base completely halted. And Apple's not trying to sell the hardware. Apple's just selling classes and you could get the hardware. And so it puts Apple significantly at less risk, which is why I just don't think they would even buy Peloton for that reason. You know, Apple's doing just fine in their services department. You're you're telling me that all of a sudden, like the existing customer base of Peloton is is there. Sure, it might grow a little more, but they're, if they're not selling bikes at the rate they used to, that means it's slowed down. Anyways, I don't think it's going to happen. If it does happen and I'm wrong, you can, you can tell me you're wrong, Tong. But I, I don't think I am. All right, we're going to kind of fast forward in time and look, let's say, down. Not 2022, but I know. You might roll your eyes and be like, are you really going to talk about iPhones in 2023? Yes, but it's going to relate to an earlier one because a new recent report from display analyst Ross Young says the iPhone SE with a larger 5.7 inch display. So the current one is at 4.7. The one we expect to see this year coming out, maybe in April, is also 4.7. But there were a lot of rumors that Apple was going to make and release a larger screen iPhone SE. He says that this newer, larger iPhone SE may launch in 2023. And it could be called something like the iPhone SE Plus, like that's on the SE part, and then 5G. And that's fine. I mean, it's still the throwback that so many people feel comfortable. In fact, I'd probably, if I had to choose a phone for my mom, it would be an iPhone SE just because she's comfortable with it. She's like debating, oh, should I get the newest phone, but it doesn't have a button. I don't know how to use it. And it's going to be like, she's going to be lost on the new phone. It's just the way it is. It's not going to be familiar. It's not going to be comfortable. Even my lady doesn't like the fact that there's no more touch ID button. So if that's her and she's pretty tech savvy, you think my mom's going to be okay with like no home button? My mom will probably be okay with a notch, unlike me. But iPhone SE 5.7 inch, which has been in the rumor rails for a while and at one point in time was rumored to be launched in 2024. Ross Young says, no, no, no. Let me correct you, my friends. 
2023. Next year. The other iPhone story that we have here is, you know, there's a lot of buzz. I think last week we talked about it. A report came out that, hey, ProMotion, 120 hertz, smooth as butter, refresh rate coming to the entire iPhone 14 lineup in 2022. Again, Ross Young raises his hand and says, well, actually, the answer is no. Only the iPhone 14 Pro and Pro Max will feature the ProMotion display in 2022. And the iPhone 14 standard models will still remain the standard display refresh rate. And Ross Young, I'm telling you, this dude's on the money because his sources are based on specific aspects of the supply chain like he's plugged in that's his job he's a display analyst so okay that's fine sorry to get your hopes up if you were thinking about the standard 14 and you wanted promotion but you couldn't get it i will tell you it is nice but you kind of forget that it's there it's just one of those things that maybe if you go back you miss it but once you have it it kind of becomes normal and you don't really see it anymore like i'm not going Ooh, it's so smooth when i you know, when I change screen, when I move through my home screen, I'm just like, no, I'm not definitely not doing that. So it's also January. And what that means is a lot of times, a lot of companies kind of do uh, surveys or reports on what previously happened, you know, to, as a summary of last year or the end of the quarter. Well, I am here to tell you, for those of you who are worried about the future of the iPhone, um, it's still looking pretty nice. And what I mean by that is research Analyst firm Canalis, who's done a bunch of things here and there, uh, they report basically how many smartphone shipments happen worldwide. And for the first time this year, in the fourth quarter of 2021, so that's uh, October, November, December, the iPhone was the most popular smartphone in the fourth quarter of 2021. So it had the most phone shipments worldwide in the last in the last quarter now the previous all previous three quarters q1 q2 and q3 of 2021 guess who owned that it was samsung but again right the holiday season apple puts out their phone in at that september event and then it drives more sales they were able to come back for the fourth quarter of 2021 with a 22 percent market share samsung was at 20 xiaomi at 12 Oppo at nine and Vivo at eight. So, okay, fine. Like the iPhone has the most shipments in the fourth quarter. That's fine. Okay. But this is really what tells us where we're going in the future. Now, research firm Piper Sandler, every, I think they do it twice a year. They basically survey teens to find out, you know, what are their phones that they own? What are their buying preferences? And the latest teen survey, which surveyed over 10,000 young teens with the median age of 15.8 years old, the survey found that ownership in the iPhone is up 1%. But when I say that, okay, what does that really mean? iPhone ownership amongst teens in the US, and it covered 44 states, was at 87%. You realize how dominant that is? 87% of teens in the US today own the iPhone. Does that surprise you? 
It kind of doesn't because we all know what those blue text bubbles mean, and we all know what that airdrop means. You know, I wonder what the number is in, at least in the U.S., for adults, I'm going to guess it might be more like 65 to 68, if I had to guess. Maybe a little lower, but I think it's definitely still in the U.S. iPhone ownership for adults is probably over 60%, 65%, maybe close to 70 But amongst teens, 87% own an iPhone. And then in the next six months, 88% of those teens, eight, not 88 of those, in the next six months, 88% of teens also intend to purchase an iPhone as their next phone. That's pretty incredible. And that tells you, right, this is the next generation that's buying the next generation devices. And it's not like they're going to be leaving anytime soon unless something catastrophic happens. They also said, okay, well, let's, we talked about iPhones. Let's talk about the Apple Watch. All right. So the survey said, and this is a product that is not, you know, purchased as as much by quite honestly iPhone owners, but it does align with the actual overall data because current ownership or at least previous ownership in 2021 of the Apple Watch amongst teens was at 25%. That is now bumped up to 30%. Now, remember, every time I talk about the Apple Watch, I, I literally say those exact numbers and this because it's kind of held steady, but this recent report amongst teens supports that I've always said about 25 to 30% of Apple users that have iPhones bought the iPhone. Well, that's the same with teens. Now it's at 30%. The survey also said that 15% of teenagers intend to buy an Apple Watch in the next six months. If you compare that to last year, last year's 2021 report, they said 13%. So even though it's just by a couple of percentage points, the moment the Apple still is gaining that extra one or two percent market share from teens. I mean, this is dominant. What is the number two watch brand that is most liked amongst teens? Rolex. I had no idea that teens, like that the Rolex brand penetrated the brain of teens. Like, oh, that's the watch I want. Like, I remember even, you know, yes, I know a Rolex is like, you know, one of the standards. But I was like, teens, when is a teen going to get a Rolex? So Apple Watch right now is the most liked watch brand amongst teens with 39% of teenagers saying it's their favorite. Rolex, it unseated Rolex, which is now at 35%. So there you go. Apple Pay was also used um, the most by teens after cash. So of course, teenagers don't necessarily have, um, always have credit card accounts or whatnot. So cash had been used in the last month by 85% of teenagers, Apple Pay was 35%, 22% was PayPal, and 4% was Google Pay. So, fun stuff there. Okay, here we go with the kind of the, the story, the last story to wrap it up, which ties into this movement of that M word. What do you think the M word is that is kind of buzzy right now? It's the metaverse. So we know that, right? Obviously, Oculus, Facebook, driving it. Oculus Quest, love that thing. I I just recently found out that Settlers of Catan, if you aren't familiar with the board game, it's just probably like, I'm not even being biased when I say this, arguably the greatest board game of all time. If you've never played it, check it out. 
It involves resources. It involves land grab. It involves building. It involves random chance. It involves dice rolls. And at every turn, everyone can kind of play. So it's not like it's just one person at a time. It's like everyone's involved. There's trading. Oh, I'm going to stop while I'm ahead. I love this game. So it just came out, not just, I didn't know for the longest time it was available on VR. So now I'm like using my quest to almost every, like every other day, just playing a game to get in to relax. I love it. So obviously there's a lot of momentum in the VR space. Uh, PlayStation announced their VR2 headset. They didn't show it off, but they announced the specs of it at CES. You know, we know HTC Vive is bringing something. Apple's been working on their own AR headset. So guess who's coming up? Google has started their own AR headset development to compete with Apple and Meta and others. They've internally kicked off the development that will blend. It's specifically going to be an AR headset to blend their computer graphics with a video feed of the real world and an immersive AR experience with their launch tentatively set for 2024. Now, this is interesting that they're taking the AR experience approach because that is what I've been talking about, that that's what Apple will be doing, right? A heads-up display, enhancing how we live our lives. Now, again, if Google's trust, you know, Apple's is expected to be a AR VR combo, so you can do leisure things in it. If Google's really going for a pure AR experience, well, I guess it'll be initially used around the home because that thing's not going to be slim enough for you to actually want to take that outside and walk. So like, are we supposed to wear a headset at home? It's not going to be like super thin, sexy glasses. You know, the, the glasses that I've seen that have some sort of a heads up display, you know, it's like, it's like eight bit. It's real small. It's not even that. It's like, just like pixels. Um, it's fun, but it's not something they're like, Oh my gosh, this is the future. So it's reportedly codenamed project Iris. It's a tightly kept secret at Google. 300 employees are working on the project but it'll use an array of sensors and cameras to project computer-generated content onto the real world. This is really interesting, though, that Google's doing their own headset. I mean, you'd expect it, but I will say the clean, fresh Google, you know, pure Android OS, specifically on Google hardware, I love it. I've always loved it. And I could definitely see it being really cool in an AR heads-up display setup. But, you know, this is this they have to get involved in this. Um, This is a competitive space that people are trying to fight for. I don't think it's the next big thing. I just don't. It's going to be one of the things, one of the next things. But I don't think this is the next big thing, no matter what companies are trying to tell us. And I'm not against it. I just don't. The adoption is hard. So either way, Google begins an AR headset development and it will directly go in line and compete with Apple, who. May or may not show it this year, but remember last week I said the last report said Apple's AR VR headset is likely pushed out to 2023, Google on their heels at 2024, which means Apple has got to get it together and release, hopefully have a polished product that they're happy about and they're proud about in 2023 at the latest, at the latest. But it's always, it's always fun to see the stuff develop. Man, we are so lucky. I feel like, you know, I've been so fortunate to see all this amazing tech evolve over all these years, you know, from a young kid to, I guess, a grown-up, semi-grown-up, adult. Ugh. But, yeah, whether I I even care, whether I'm going to use the product or not, I think it's so fascinating. I think really CES 
this past, you know, just whatever, a week ago, two weeks ago, really reinvigorated me and got me excited again. I'm like, oh my gosh, there's so much cool stuff out there that's coming out this year. Cars, smart home tech. Oh, I mean, our phones are our phones, but it's like in all these other spaces where tech is just infiltrating it. And then the whole VR, AR headset space, like, dude, PSVR, we're talking about console level graphics on a VR headset. Oh goodness. I can't wait. Can't wait. All right, everybody, that is going to do it for this week's show. Hope you enjoyed it. Hope you had fun with it. A little shorter show because, you know, not as much big stuff happening right now, but we do know that Samsung is expected to have their next unpacked event, potentially the new Samsung S22 and S22 Ultra phones in early February. So we'll keep our eyes peeled on that because still to me, the S21 Ultra was one of, it could be arguably the best phone of last year. It had the most advanced tech overall in a really clean package. And let's ignore ecosystem, but it was a 10X optical zoom, my friends, a fingerprint scanner in display that works like a charm and the design of how they dealt with that camera bump. Ooh, it was so nice. And that super slate black, so nice. I know this is an Apple show, but when I love it, I love it. All right, remember, be a part of the show. Call in. Don't be a stranger. Applebitsshow at gmail.com. Record a voice memo. Send me your name, where you're from, what you want to talk about. If I said something wrong, you could tell me that too. Applebitsshow at gmail.com. And a big thanks to our Patreon supporters at the $100 Platinum Apple level. Brandon Ledford, Gil Cabrera, Wesley Frader, Jarrett Lewis, and Atari Koenigsegg. Thank you so much for all your support. And thank you to all of you who continue to support my content and we keep this thing rolling. So we'll talk to you next week. We'll talk to you soon. Take care and be safe. It's the Apple Bits XL, baby. Peace.